0: I hope you are doing great and keeping safe at your home. My name is Atisha and today I will be in conversation with Jyotika on the third episode of my podcast series. Let me start with a brief introduction of our today's case. So Dr. Jyotika Prote is a computer, professor of computer science and design thinking. She is the recipient of Indian Education Awards by IIT for being in the top 10 young professors of our country. She has conducted more than 50 training sessions in the domain of computer science and design thinking for many organizations. And she's a regular contributor in the newspapers like the Tribune for Computer Science column. Dr. Puthi is known for her unique style of poetry and storytelling, which has been published in many national uh, newspapers like Times of India, Asian Age, Hindustan Times, and many other social media platforms. She regularly performs in many slam poetry events, and she has also been a TEDx speaker. Welcome on the show, Jyotika. Glad to have you.
1: Thank you so much, Atisha. It's it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you, especially on Sunday. So thank you so much for bringing up something like this.
0: Fine, pleasure is all mine. So shall we start with our conversation?
1: Yeah, absolutely, all set,
0: excited. Let me start with a very, you know, the uh, question of the need of the hour. So in accordance with current circumstances, do you think online teaching has an impact on the, on the entire teaching profession?
1: Yeah, it's a very apt question in today's scenario, I should say. So I believe um, the present circumstances have not really affected the teaching as a profession. But I would rather say that definitely in terms of experience, we can quote a difference. For example, I, I as a professor or as a teacher of computer science, I am absolutely missing the experience of, you know, classroom teaching, wherein we used to have that face-to-face conversations and wherein I, as a professor, used to catch up students from, you know, their faces, whether they are feeling sleepy or if they are not in a mood to study. So those are the classroom experiences I am absolutely missing. But as far as uh, teaching part is concerned, I think content is something that matters the most. And how engaging is your way of teaching is something that matters the most in terms of online teaching. So uh, yeah, these are the two aspects I have started focusing more upon because I know if I want to make a student feel engaged and if I want to make him sit in front of screen for an hour, then at least I should have something in my hand to deliver that actually will help child to be stick on the screen. So, so that is that is what I feel.
0: Yeah, that is absolutely true. In, you know, in the world of social media, very difficult for a person to you know make him you know focus on a particular thing for a long. Time. Yeah. Very true. Absolutely. So. It's a follow up question uh, on the same question. So, as you know, teaching has now entirely shifted towards online uh, digital. So, uh, this has to change sometime, right? This change has to happen sometime. But I believe COVID 19 has just accelerated the entire process and entire timelines. So, how you think, you know, uh, how you're taking this, this, you know, this online teaching gamut and how you think the entire teaching fraternity is taking it?
1: So, Atishay, especially for a country like India, where we see ourselves as a developing country right now, so definitely the transition was not at all easy for any of the universities. But again, I think because this was the need of the hour, and especially when we as Indians try to focus more upon imparting education, whatsoever circumstances are, so I think we, we just, we had to take this call and now again when you see so many so many free courses coming up these days so many people are engaged in developing their own content these days because we know that ultimately content is the key that can actually that can actually make the student fall back onto your website and look and gaze at your content what you are trying to impart and how engaging is your content and how relevant is your content and what is the real way of delivering it so this is this is again i would say the key parameter of online teaching if you want to deliver your sessions in the best way possible i think experience is something that matters for example if i used to appreciate my students in a class in a particular way in a particular way so i have to find certain ways to again appreciate them maybe though it's a though it's an online class So I do have few, you know, stars with me, which I actually show during my online classes that this is the way I am rewarding you. So at the end of the day, I think experience is something that matters, be it offline teaching, be it online teaching. So even in case of offline teaching students used to come to your classes only, only apart from attendance, only if you were the one who used to deliver a nice content, if you were used to be a teacher who actually who actually taught by heart, then only we could see a lot of good strength coming to your classes. So so that concept still remains the same when you talk about online teaching experience is ultimately the, the key driver of you know, attracting students to your class and engagement and content. So these are the things that I am particularly focusing on and they're helping me a lot.
0: Think teaching should continue uh, for another, you know, few months, or maybe it should be made permanent, or do you think it should be a blend, or online teaching or offline teaching or classroom teaching? So, what according to you is the right way of teaching?
1: So, I think there is, uh, I mean, if you ask me about right way of teaching, so it, it depends upon person to person. For me, it I might find I might find it more comfortable to deliver sessions online. For somebody else, he or she might be more interested in, you know, again, delivering the sessions offline and he or she might not feel very much comfortable with the technology as well. So because I come from computer science domain, so for me teaching online and offline nowadays is not making much of the difference to be very honest, rather I am exploring more online tools and rather I am trying to bring more technology in terms of my teaching so that I make the experience of the students better and thankfully these days we have got n number of tools and features for example in zoom we have got this feature of breakout rooms So why not use that feature and why not help students bring together for, we do just collaborations, we do discussions. So when we have this opportunity of taking leverage of the technology that we have today, so why not to just make best use of it? So for me, coming from a computer science background, I think online teaching is real fun. Let
0: me talk about something personal. Let me talk about your personal life. so why did you two choose to be a teacher? And you know what motivated you towards it? Why are you two teaching as a profession? You are you are also a B.Tech. Also, you you could be a you know a, a nine to five full time software developer. You know at a big big MNC like Google, Amazon, Microsoft. Why you choose you know to you know become a teacher?
1: So I basically give all the credits to my mom because she is a teacher. And also I do have many relatives who are in this profession, to be very honest. So I am actually brought up in a family of teachers. So there were always teachers around me. So my morning always started with the fact that they were rushing to their schools at 7 a.m. in the morning. So maybe that was one trigger point in my life. And secondly, after VTech, I did MTech. So, Masters of Technology is one degree that actually helps you to take a drift towards research and more of a teaching domain. So, that was another trigger point. I never thought of doing Masters, to be very honest, but I somehow landed up in Masters. And when I somehow landed up in Masters, I realized, no, this is the thing that I want to do. And that's how I just, I just realized that, you know, I always, I always had this, you know, eagerness and always had this, you, you might say a quality sort of a thing that I always enjoyed breaking bigger problems into smaller pieces. And I always enjoyed explaining those pieces to people around me. I always used to help my friends in the hospital to explain those bigger problems by breaking them into smaller pieces. So everybody used to say that Jyotika, you have this nice capability to break down things and explain them in a very lucid manner. So I think that's what we look actually in a teacher, that a a, a good teacher is somebody who knows how to break a bigger thing into smaller pieces and then Deliver those chunks at the right time. So I think that was the trigger point.
0: In your blood, to your mom, to your you know, to your relatives. How teaching has changed you, you know, personally. I know professionally, you, you must be earning a lot of respect from your students. Personally, you know, uh, how teaching teaching has transformed you to become who you are today.
1: So, you would not believe, Atishe, I, I always enjoyed doing poetry also. And I was always a theatre person also. In my school, I used to perform theatre, stage plays, etc. I thought, when now I'm a teacher, I think classroom is like a stage for me, you know. So why not be a theatre artist and why not be a poetess once again and just just make your classroom experience as fun as it could be and as unique as it could be. When I have those interests, why not to just bring them together with my teaching? So, I started teaching concepts through poetry. I started teaching concepts of computer science through storytelling. So I started, you know, framing stories, cartoonistic stories around difficult, difficult concepts of computer architecture, software project management and boring subjects like software engineering. So to teach them theoretically makes no sense until and unless you practice them. But then I thought since the curriculum says so, we need to teach them, but why not to make it a little more fun and more engaging so basically i brought in the concept of poetry and storytelling into my teaching and i always considered myself to be a theater artist standing on the stage of the class and just give your best
0: shot that is such a unique concept an amazing concept that you know you are blending the blend of storytelling poetry you know into teaching that is such a unique concept so do you do you give yourself the yourself credit of you know uh, doing this for the of time or it has been done before also or does someone inspire you to you know blend uh, two things together into your teaching
1: actually it was it was only me who inspired i just inspired myself because i thought now when i am i am working as a professor i might you know make my, or I might lose my passion of poetry or passion of storytelling. I, I just didn't want that. I thought, let's take them together and let's see how we can converse them. So that's how I started bringing them together because teaching was definitely my profession by choice and storytelling and poetry was definitely my passion. So I had to take them together. So thought, why not to bring them together?
0: That's an amazing answer, you know, I said the smart way of thinking that, you know, why not, uh, you know, keep it both together, take the both things together. Yeah, thinking.
1: Absolutely. And the best part is that university always supported me during those days. I mean, they never restricted me in a way that you should not try this or you should not try that. They were always happy about my new initiatives they were always happy about what, what new things I was introducing in my classrooms. So that was the best, best thing that I ever, the support I should say I got from the university.
0: How you uh, how your students responded to this unique approach to teaching, you know, blending storytelling and poetry, uh, you know, into teaching. So what response are you getting from your students or have you gotten from your students?
1: So Not to boast about myself honestly, but since many of the teachers, were not doing this sort of stuff so i sort of actually i actually was one of the favorite teachers of the students favorite teachers just because they started liking the content they started liking the so- subject so during their placements also they started quoting my subject as the favorite one and you would never imagine somebody quoting computer architecture in their campus placements as one of their you know favorite subjects so that was one of the things I achieved out of it because the the interviewer from TCS actually came down to my staff room and he met me that, you know, I want to see what do you teach. I want to see the content because I have been to so many campuses till date. I have done so many campus hirings, but none of the students has ever quoted computer architecture at least as their favorite subject. So, so that's how you can create the magic. The students absolutely started loving it.
0: Oh such an achievement. You know, that, that is such an amazing achievement. Thank you so much. Coming to the next question now. Uh, so, when you entered your first class as a teacher, what, what, what thoughts were, you, were in your head and how you were feeling when you entered your first class as a teacher?
1: So, I think I should say butterflies were fluttering in my stomach and I was sweating. And you know, and also for the first time, when I had to teach to these students, I got fourth year as my teaching class. So I thought, I mean, just directly to interact with the fourth year might be a little tough because they have that developed cognitive model and they might put up some difficult questions in front of me. And the subject that I was taking for the very first time was advanced computer architecture. So so definitely I was very nervous but I must say the students were lovely and that class just went super awesome and also I was also prepared, prepared in advance because I knew that this is the first time I am teaching and this is the first time I am going to face students so first impression is definitely uh, is the last impression so I need to give my best. So thankfully both the parties behaved nicely and things went beautifully and it was one of the amazing experience and uh, the first batch, the first class that I had taken was in 2013. And that's still my favorite batch and I'm still in contact with those students and we still have those conversations and I still share my feelings with them. So it's one of the relationships sort of a thing that I have actually developed with them.
0: That is really amazing. So, Jyotika, when, uh, when you started your journey as a teacher, what were the challenges you faced, you know, uh, when you took this profession and did you ever felt, you know, in your journey so far that teaching is not cup of my tea?
1: So, Atisha, you know what, cup of tea is always favorite of all the teachers and I always thought that teaching was my cup of tea and teaching is cup of my tea and teaching is going to be my cup of tea and i enjoy having those cup of teas during my day and you know this is this has just become a part of my life and i never felt any challenges as a teacher to be very honest that that sounds little unrealistic but that's something i feel just just uh, just great about but i never felt challenges as a teacher to be very honest i don't know maybe i got amazing set of students every time Or i don't know i was putting too much efforts i really do not know the reason but there were there were no challenges i ever faced yeah there were circumstances there were situations wherein i had to tackle some difficult situations for example there there were few children in my class who were going through some mental conditions or who were going through some addictions so so i always considered it as my responsibility just to help them out at that situation so i think those were just few circumstances or situations that you need to tackle. I think those can be just, those can come in any sort of professions in your life. But I don't call them real challenges. They were just circumstances and situations that I had to deal with. Otherwise, teaching has always been super fun.
0: In this world of online education in a world of you know online courses, uh, platforms like Coursera, Udemy, and other platforms, do you think these platforms can overtook the conventional teaching, the classroom teaching, uh, the, the way you know teachers uh, taught their students, or it would be could it substitute the online teaching?
1: Yeah, so Atisha, I would again say that there are two schools of thoughts to this so. Now, the first school of thought comes that definitely they can replace the uh, conventional ways of teaching, maybe offline or maybe online. But again, if you want to create a difference, again, I'm coming back to the same point, content can be the differentiator and your way of delivering something can be a way of differentiating what Coursera, courses like Coursera, Udemy are giving. What they are giving is absolutely amazing because we as teachers are also learning from those courses because they are being taken by experienced uh, professionals and one has always something to learn from those courses. But if you talk in terms of comparison of those courses with the classroom teaching, maybe online, maybe offline, I think way of of delivering is something that matters a lot. I, I am definitely reiterating the same point again and again because that is something that has helped me a lot. Because when I see so many students coming back to my classes, so many students actively being engaged in my classes, then then I do self assess myself, then I do feel that what is something great that I'm actually doing that I'm able to attract those students back. In spite of the fact that they do have those courses like Coursera and Udemy, so I think those courses definitely act as add ons to them but what you can teach and the way you can solve their queries one to one and and that too in a live manner and that too no queries not only related to academics at times you have children who come and share with you what they what they are going through at times they do come and they do share their personal problems with you so I think as a teacher. Definitely, we do play a role in terms of solving problems of the students, be it any sort of problem, be it academic or be it non-academic. You would not believe, Atisha. there were students who actually came to me and they actually confronted in a way that, you know, ma'am, I am addicted to, to this sort of a drug, but I don't know what to do now. What to do now? Can you just help me somehow? I want to come out of the habit, but I don't know how. We worked, we worked together, we worked together for around one and a half year and finally today he's working with Google as one of the very senior professionals. So I think these are some of the challenges you need to tackle from time to time. So that's how I think courses like uh, all the online courses definitely cannot replace the presence of a teacher.
0: That is so true. You know, you need peer-to-peer experience. You need someone to interact with someone. Do you know, maybe not ask the academic questions, but also questions on a personal front. Because you mm-hmm. know, sometimes you need that emotional support. Sometimes you need that spiritual support uh, to know yeah. to help you along the journey. And that couldn't be done via this online and digital course. So true. Yeah,
1: yeah. because this is this is the age group wherein students actually go through multiple phases of life you do see some students going into the you know sense or feeling of depression because they had a breakup so this is this is the sort of thing that they go through so why not you as a teacher can help them out because we all know that this is the phase that they are going through and everybody goes through similar phases so why not simply to accept these challenges and why not simply to work together
0: on them Do you think this generation, which is uh, coined as Generation Z, is more depressed or more anxious than previous generations like Generation X, which is our parents in Generation Y?
1: Definitely Ateche, you do see a lot of uh, differences in terms of attitude, in terms of the way they respond to a particular situation. We do see our parents, uh, you know, we, we, we always see our parents as very patient, calm and, you know, just take things very lightly. And they usually come from those days when they worked really hard and they had to struggle to gain things. But when we see our in today's generation, we usually see that we have been given almost everything by our ancestors and we are just taking leverage of those things. So definitely there is a lot of difference in the mindset, but I think I would won't say that it is something bad. It is just that as human is evolving, there is definitely cognitive model is something that is also evolving. So as per situations, we all are behaving in our own way. So it's just that how you as an elder person or how you as a mentor behave when a particular student is behaving in such way. So I have seen many students who at times get, you know, very angry at some situations in the class. But on the other hand, if I also show that sort of a behavior, he will go crazy. He will do anything out of madness. So why not you be at calm? Why, because you are one generation elder to them. So why not you show your calmness? And why not you try to bring their angerness to a certain level so that they also become calm and they try to understand what you were trying to make them understand? So I think these are some of the fundas that have really worked for me and I also you know try to keep one thing in mind that never never uh, make a student feel ashamed of anything or never just make him feel embarrassed in front of whole class. If you want to appreciate a student always appreciate him in front of the whole class but if you want to pinpoint something a flaw or something like that always call him personally and just help him realize that this is what I think you are not doing it in the right manner, or this is something where you can improve. So I think he will adapt to it very easily. And he will feel very happy that there is somebody who cares for me.
0: Yeah, that is so true. In fact, you know, I was reading a book another day. Uh, it's based, it's loosely based on the life of Chanakya and there's a statement, you know, which he quoted that always praise someone in open and criticize someone in, in under closed doors or behind yeah. closed doors. I guess that is a philosophy, you know, you are following that, you know, if you want to praise someone, praise the person in the front of the entire class. And if you want to criticize or correct someone, confront someone, do it maybe in person, uh, privately in person and maybe behind closed doors. Right. very good policy to follow. Mm. So my next question to you is, uh, so according to you, what should be the nature of a teacher and student? What kind of relationship uh, they should have? And do you think the Indian definition of this relationship is different from other countries? If it is so, uh, what is stopping us, what is stopping a teacher and a student to develop that relationship?
1: I think it's 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 one of the very very uh, apt questions that needs to be addressed, especially in today's era. Because when we see that the interactions between students and teachers are not going to be much physically, but yeah, this is all this has all been transitioned to this online platform, and you know that sense of uh, face-to-face uh, conversations and eye-to-eye contacts is going to be all missing. I believe, Atisha, it's very important. I can always say that as as a teacher right now, but yeah, I also talk about what I felt when I was a student. So, when I see myself as a teacher right now, I feel it's very important to give that space to children to just share anything they wish to. I would not say that, you know, we should all cross our boundaries and we should just start chit chat. I mean on any sort of a topic we can do that but there is always a certain limit to everything that we talk about. So I think maintaining a balance between that and also giving them the open space to just come up and share their own problems is something that I definitely consider as very important. I always try to you know make this relationship in a way that I make them feel that yeah, I am someone I am someone who actually is a well-wisher of yours. You can come to me, you can discuss your problems with me, but I always try to help them out as a mentor. I I never just try to enter into their personal space. Never do that. Everybody has got his own personal space. So if we try to enter that personal space, I think the bridge just gets distorted. So to maintain that bridge and also to be to be a mentor to be a real mentor of some student actually something that is very difficult also to be but i think if you try you just can be just can be just give that space to the children so that they come and share your things share their things with you i do receive messages messages on whatsapp whenever a student is stuck at any point of a situation he feels very free to message me that ma'am Can I call you at this particular moment of time? So if you notice that he is also trying to take permission from me because he do respects my time, he do respects my privacy. He has not taken that leverage to call me randomly at any point of time because he holds some respect for me. And also he feels so comfortable with me that he is actually trying to discuss some of his problems with me. So I think that sort of a relationship actually actually matters a lot between a teacher and a student. When I was a student, I did have some teachers who were, who, were like, who were like parents to me. I could go to them and I could discuss anything with them that maybe I always found difficult to discuss with my parents. So that was the time when I realized that to be a teacher, like a friend, is very important. The amount of respect you earn is something different, definitely, but the amount of love that you get from your students is, is just can't be described in words. So I think that sort of a relation is something that I always look forward to. So, but I don't know much about different countries and how the relationship of student and a teacher are growing in those countries, particularly. But in India, I do see that this sort of a relationship is definitely missing these days. So as a, as a fraternity of teachers, I do say that we have to work on this together.
0: That is so true, you know, and the, you know, the thing which you mentioned in your answer that You know, students are more open to their teachers in comparison to their parents. Even, you know, I can, you know, relate to it. Uh, There are many incidents in my life, you know, which I felt sharing with my teacher, someone who who teaches me or very close to me in comparison to my parents. Because, you know, I feel more safe, you know, uh, less judgy, you know, when I I was talking to my teacher. So that is so true that you need to have that, you know, uh, friendship. With your students, so they can come to you, they can discuss their problems with you, and they can see your advice and guidance.
1: Absolutely, Atishe. that's something really important. We, I think, that can be accomplished once we, as a fraternity of teachers and professors, come together to solve that issue. So, but my I next think question
0: it be... take to come. It will take time, but yeah, it's, it's, it's changing. In fact, you know. Uh, if I compare uh, this, uh, you know, situation with a situation maybe few years or a decade back, a uh, teacher was, you know, seen as someone, you know, uh, you know, uh, when we talk about teacher, uh, you know, a person with a stick in, in his or her hand, you know, comes to our mind. that, you know, we have to be very strict. You have to follow you the know. rules. You have to be very much disciplined. You can't do any wrong. You can't do anything wrongly. But now that, you know, scenario is changing. You know, uh. A friendship is evolving between the two parties. Teacher and a student. Uh, student is more open to their teachers. Uh, the friendship, you know, is developing. They can discuss their problems. teachers are you know more uh, happy to hold their students even after working hours, after college hours, or school hours, which was yeah. not you know before before. the situation has completely changed. That situation is not you know yeah. uh, existing maybe two years before or a decade before.
1: Absolutely, I totally agree.
0: Uh, My next question to you, Jyotika, is a few months back or a couple of weeks back, you know, our government of India, you know, brought a new education policy, which is called National new education policy uh, 2020. So what are your thoughts around it? How do you think, you know, that policy will change our education system or, you know, all the loopholes which were, you know, in our education system? What purpose will it serve for the future generation in terms of education?
1: Definitely Atisha, I am one of those happy folks who was super happy to go through that uh, new education policy because if you just go into depth of that policy, you realize that they are more focusing on the skills like logical thinking, critical thinking, analytical reasoning, because I have also been a practitioner of design thinking from last few years and I, I do realize that design thinking is helping out students a lot. Why? Because it again inculcates It creates a habit to think critically. It actually makes you fall into that habit of of taking up bigger problems and you know breaking them down, and it actually becomes your habit to do that. So when I was actually taking up this course of design thinking for first-year students, and then I again taught those students in second year, I could see there was a major shift in their approach. So I think this. Skills like logical reasoning, analytical thinking, we usually don't talk about them or even if we talk about them we explicitly say okay the student can be given this puzzle to solve. But I think just making him do that through one or two exercises will not help him in the long run. To bring into the habit of the child All these skills is very important. So I think new education policy is focusing a lot on these skills because when I see myself as a computer science graduate and I see that national education policy has focused a lot on coding as well. So when you see all these different organizations and education startups these days who are working towards inculcating these skills in students, I think that totally aligns with the national education policy that India is already making efforts in those directions. So why not to bring it in curriculum formally? So I, I am definitely in for that for that big change and I am actually looking forward to see curriculum being modified in that direction. So from coding perspective, especially, I would say coding is one of the, because I believe you also come from computer science background and you do understand that if one writes even five lines of code, how our brains starts getting. <laughs> so, you know, that is, that is one skill if we actually start imparting that skill from a very young age, so I think those kids will do wonders. So I am definitely, definitely looking forward to see that major, big change in the curriculum now.
0: Jyoti, uh, since we are uh, talking about you know bringing reforms or uh, policies, so imagine you are given a chance to you know uh, become an education minister for a day, just like in the movie Nayak. Uh, so, what reforms or what policies, you know, will you bring and what changes will you make to the current education system?
1: So, Atish, uh, if I would give, it, if I'm ever given a chance to be an education minister, I think I would try to bring in a factor of creativity into the curriculum because this is something that I see is missing in the curriculum right now. We just try to throw all those jargons to our kids but we just forget about this concept of creative intelligence creative creativity which is which is i think the core of everything even if a student is solving a maths question i think if he has that creative essence somewhere i am sure that he would try to see and visualize the problem from different angles which is missing these days so that's the that's that's one thing that I would definitely would like to be there in the curriculum. Otherwise I would see that, you know, we can bring in a change of teaching methodologies maybe because just to make them bookish book forms is something that I would not look forward to. But I think, yeah, we are definitely making changes in those, uh, on those parameters and we are moving towards it. So I think I would not comment that much upon, uh, I would not comment on that aspect much, but yeah, rather I would, I would actually comment on the parameter of creativity and creative intelligence more. Because when I come from theatre, when I come from the poetry background, when I come from storytelling background, and I'm, I'm trying to bring together explicitly computer science with poetry, that means I have to make extra efforts to bring them together. Because Indian education system is not such right now that we give prime importance to creativity. You do realize these days that half of the students who are into engineering, they never wanted to be engineers. Yeah, so I think because we as Indian society and the parents, we do not believe that much in the sense of creativity or maybe we do not understand it in that manner. So creativity and creative intelligence, these are the two aspects that I would definitely see to bring into the curriculum somewhere.
0: So you talks a lot about creativity, creative intelligence, design thinking. So what are the, what are your sources from where you drive, you know, that feeling that, you know, uh, that thought process, are there any books, you know, which you, uh, which you, you read, you know, uh, as your source for, you know, driving that or what, what motivates you towards it? What are your sources for fetching that information?
1: So I think, uh, Atisha, it's just that inner sense, I would rather call it like that, because you know, there is a very much, there is very less difference between love what you do, love what you do, and just do what you love. So I think to understand the difference between these two statements brings an entire change in the thought process. So so i just try to be in that scenario where i am actually doing what i love to do rather not to love what i am doing so, so i think that's 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 the whole statement for me i do read books but these days i am not getting very much time to read a lot but i think these are some of the things that you cannot uh, inculcate in yourself through reading or through you know watching something it's it's if it's there it's
0: there how, what activities you do to unwind yourself? I know, you know, online teaching is, you know, a very tough job. You know, you have to be available more than your working hours, which we used to do in conventional teaching. So how do you unwind yourself or how do you, you know, relax your mind, relax your body after day's work?
1: So I would say since, uh, since the time this lockdown has started, The only way to refresh yourself is to engage yourself in household work. That's the only thing I've been doing. And if I'm not doing household work, I'm usually engaged with students. So, but if you talk in terms of the situation uh, uh, pre-lockdown days, so I mean, during that days, I definitely used to get a lot of time to write poetry, to write a few short stories. And also these days, I would say, I do spend time on writing because I do enjoy technical writing. So I do spend my time in writing articles for newspapers like Tribune. So because that also involves doing a lot of research and you know what is going on in the market right now. Because of course, I am not the master of everything, but I just need to present those articles in a way that the readers get something out of it and they at least get motivated to do that. thing so it demands a lot of research in whatever thoughts you are putting together and of course the interest of you know writing technical articles also comes into the picture so i think i am spending my time with all these things these days
0: okay uh, sutika so I, I know you know you are very much open with your you know your students your you know uh, uh, with the world uh, around you so uh, when you when you are you know uh, when you are you know uh, in private so who you are you know, who? How can you describe yourself? You know, when uh, you know you are with yourself, with your thoughts, with your mind. So, what kind of person you are in private?
1: So, whenever I am just all by myself, I think I am. I am a very family sort of a girl. I just love to be around with my family members, and I I never want to just sit alone and think something and write something. No, I am not that sort of a person. I just enjoy being with my family. So that's that's the that acts as a best best dose for me to get refreshed now. So no,
0: I I am idea.
1: never alone. I am always with my family members. That's like my me time.
0: Uh, Jodhika, before we end this interview, there's a, there's a last question which I need to ask you. So, very you know, the need of the hour question again, especially you know uh, due to this pandemic. Uh, what advice uh, you know will you will give to the batch of 2020 who have just been graduated uh, and the, this batch has been really hit hard professionally due to pandemic. Uh, there has been, you know, a loss of jobs, you know, offer letters has been retracted, uh, you know, uh, there is unemployment. So what will be your piece of advice, you know, the batch of 2020 or the class of 2020?
1: Yeah, so I, I do see that there are many challenges that students are facing these days and they are very worried about their offer letters since final year exams were also stuck up. So many of them are not able to join their companies though they were placed. So all sort of these challenges are being faced by the students and I, I can just understand what these students are going through right now. So what I would say, Atisha, is that the only thing that you have to keep in mind is that you just can't give up. This is the difficult time that we all are facing, and by all I mean by by all I mean everybody. Even if you see uh, big celebrities, they are also under this uh, situation that they are not able to go to their work, or maybe they are not just doing good with their work. So I think we have to accept it, but the only thing we just can't do is we can't give up. We need to upskill ourselves because I think now the competition is going to be huge in the market. So what actually would sell in the market is your talent and your skills. But since you have got this lockdown time wherein you are not spending time in traveling, so you have enough of time to be saved. So that means you should engage yourself in all those wonderful online courses, just do hands-on practice, just make projects, just upload them on repositories like GitHub and et cetera. Start building your profile so that you are ready to sell your sell yourself once this pandemic situation gets over. And even if you see in terms of technology-based companies or service-based companies, hirings are still being done. The only thing is that number of people that they're hiring has come down. So the number of people that are being hired are the ones who have got great skill set and great talent. So I think those are the two aspects that we need to just keep focusing upon, and we need to keep improving ourselves. So, we just can't stop like that.
0: Questions about the upcoming year. How do you think the the situation will change in the upcoming months? Next year? Especially for, uh, you know, especially for students in terms of placement and job. I
1: do see that there are going to be challenges. Uh, I mean, I think till next year, March or April. But of course, nobody knows what is going to happen. And these are so uncertain times. We do see. That cases are getting declined and then they start increasing. So you don't you don't see a pattern there, right? and we can't analyze this pattern that for how long it is going to be continued like that. So I think I'll again say that the technology based companies they'll always need people because even if this pandemic situation is going on, the companies are still functioning and they are still getting great projects. Oh, so so I think yeah so i think the only key is just to just to keep yourself updated just to keep your uh, keep growing your skills and skill up and move up that's the only thing and just keep looking for opportunities don't just make yourself stagnant and just just don't make yourself sit back at home and relax just be active on linkedin and just keep looking for opportunities and there are ample of uh, job opportunities that are being posted on uh, portals like LinkedIn on an everyday basis. Even if you are not getting a full-time opportunity, start working as an intern. So so there might be a possibility that you will be working as an intern for them for next one year, but it's okay if you give your best, why will not they hire you as a full-time employee? So right now, I think we should not focus more on pay scales or packages. We should actually focus on getting into things
0: maybe as interns it's better to have something than nothing if you're not getting a full-time job yeah. start you know working on projects start working as a speed intern, so you can have ample experience you can you know learn something and then apply for a full-time job that's so true yeah. it has been such a lovely conversation uh you know jyothika thanks a lot for your precious time and i believe I you know a lot of our there's a lot there's a lot to take away from this conversation and yeah our listeners will definitely you know get benefit from this conversation thanks a lot Jyotika for your precious time.
1: It was an absolute delight and a pleasure for me to share all these experiences with you because you know uh, they we we do go through many such experiences. On day-to-day basis, but we never get time to share them with anybody. So you just gave me an opportunity to compile my thoughts and bring them together and share with all your audience. It was just a lovely experience. Thank you so much, appreciate.
0: And thanks a lot, guys, for watching this conversation. Uh, please subscribe to my YouTube channel for more interesting conversations like this. And this is a teacher and Signing off. Take care. Thanks a lot, guys.